You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Shut up and sit down. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets, people, pop culture. Let's bring on the host, Sam. The Queen of Rock and Roll Dogs. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Vegas Rock Dog Radio. A nice, sunny, bright day here in Las Vegas, and we're live, which is wonderful. I've got my three best friends in studio today, and that's Galaxy, uh, Thornton, and Mr. Twix. So if you hear them moving around, and it looks like they probably are going to have a little sleep. In fact, you can probably hear Galaxy now digging on a little bed to get comfortable. Then they're in the studio with me, which is the perfect life. I cannot complain about that. So we've uh, got some exciting things coming up on the show today. We've got three great topics. One is why you should never pet a service dog. Another one is fear-free visits to the veterinarian's office. And we're also going to be talking about doggy cafes. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets, people, pop culture. So, if you are new to the show, thank you for listening in. I'm absolutely thrilled about that. And if you'd like to connect with us on the internet, it's very easy. You can go to our hub for the website, which is VegasRockDogRadio.com. And if you're looking for us on social media, look for us at Vegas Rock Dog or Vegas Rock Dog Radio. You'll find me or Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. And that's what I'm often known as and... The show is rock and roll. It's all about uh, pets, people, and pop culture. So lots to talk about today. I said you can find us anywhere on social media. We're on all of the platforms. And if you don't get to listen to the show um, live, you can also listen to the show on iTunes. You can also find us on iHeartRadio. And I think most people have that app. And any other podcatching app that you probably download, you're going to find us. We're kind of everywhere. Uh, so find us, connect with us, make sure that you... Um, we. I really like to... Um, communicate with everybody particularly through through twitter lots of really fun people on there so don't be shy we definitely want you to uh to connect with us tell us about your pets and what you'd like to hear about on the show and any questions that you may have at all so so that's how you can find me really 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 easy so let's get into this then you know um this, <laughs> this is a big topic uh, everyone dreads going to the veterinarian's office even if it's just something routine for your pets, that can be quite traumatic for them. If there's something wrong, um, really wrong with your pets, then it's, it's really traumatic for them and you as well. So it's, um, it can be just a very, very, very stressful time in, um, you know, when you have to pay that visit, especially if you have to travel far. I am, my dogs are great, I will say. They, they are pretty good when we get in the car. Um, the only one that kind of has a suspicion as to what is going on is my um, Jack Russell. She, she seems to know the streets and <laughs> in a little bit of, 
oh gosh, no, I know where we are. Oh, I know where we're going. She has a little bit of that. Uh, the other two, they're fine. They're really, really good. And I really like um, the way my veterinarian's office is set up. There are two entrances, the two waiting rooms, and that's going to play into uh you know, fear-free visits when I actually tell you about this. And this is really interesting and it's becoming more and more popular, which you would probably think that this is something that, that happens all the time anyway in veterinarians' offices, but it doesn't. And uh, I, I feel that bedside manners are a really important thing. So here we go. There's a thing called um, uh, fear-free veterinarian visits, and it was developed by America's veterinarian, Dr. Marty Becker. Lots of people follow him. And uh, it's a a fear-free initiative, and what it does is it aims to take... That it takes the pet out of petrified and it gets pets back for veterinarian visits by promoting considerate, a considerate approach and gentle control techniques used in a calming environment. And uh, there's utilization of these, uh, the utilization of these fear free methods and protocols leads to a reduction or removal of anxiety triggers, which creates an experience that is rewarding and safer for all involved, which is very important that, that your pets and you and your vet and the techs are actually safe um, in those environments and um, it includes your pets of course your the owners yes <laughs> and I'm guilty of having the whole anxiety thing happen and of course the veterinary team themselves and so what results from that and it's uh, it's a positive and that is calmer more accepting patients more compliant clients <laughs> and a better veterinary care I can only imagine how stressful it can be just working in that environment because you know you've got a lot of pets coming in uh, not not just for routine stuff but for stuff that's not good they don't feel good they're hurt they're in pain and you've got very very stressed out um, pet parents so this initiative is great it's called the fear-free initiative and here are some uh, uh, some steps of, of, of what it's about I'm, I'm sure you're thinking well, aren't they just nice when you show up anyway with a pet? Well, it goes beyond that. And you have some work yourself to do as a pet parent. And so here we go. Number one, and this is on their website, and I'm going to give you that link as well. It is. Uh, it, this is to help the pet owner deliver a calm pet to your clinic. The fear-free veterinary visit, like pain control, is best created with a multimodal approach, approach that must involve the pet owner. And the owner's role in taking a pet to the, veterin- to, to the veterinarian must fundamentally change the owner should condition the pet um, for example to a carrier because that's how you're going to get them there particularly cats so that's that's an important thing and we all know how scary that can be and time consuming to try and get you know cat or a, or a scared dog into their actual carrier um, and so you're either going to be putting them in a carrier or some kind of a restraint device because they should always be uh, restrained in the car always for their safety um, and um the car rides, um, they've got to get them used to car rides as well before the day of the veterinary visit. So don't attempt to do this on the day if you know that your cat or dog does not do well um, with that kind of transportation. And uh, cats should be allowed to use their carriers daily as a resting place so that the carrier becomes familiar and comfortable rather than something associated with a a frightening car ride. And also, uh, your veterinarian team should learn to detect fear early by asking owners about the anxiety their pets are going to experience. And if you don't ask, you may miss it. So it says, don't wait for advanced signs such as a dog hiding under an exam room chair or a cat lashing out. So as a veterinarian, you are going to um, talk to the pet parents 
and say, you know, how are they when it comes to transportation? Here are some tips. And so that's that's where it's going to start. And so uh, you're going to keep your pet calm on the day of, uh, of the appointment and uh, instruct pet owners. This is for the veterinarians uh, to use a Daptol or a Feliway pheromone. And it's a calming nutraceutical. And you can also use some carrier covers as well, because sometimes when when dogs or cats can see a lot going on and it's unfamiliar, it really scares them. So this can kind of make them calm down a little bit. There's not too much of that visual stimulation. And owners, gosh, this is a tip for me, owners will need to remain calm themselves. For me, it depends what's going on. I really do try, but sometimes I know, and if I, sometimes I'm faking it as well, I'm pretending I'm calm and I know my dogs, they, I'm not fooling them. They're looking at me like, yeah, lady, you, you're not fooling us. We know that you're a bit scared. So I really, I need to work on that in particular. <laughs> that was definitely a tip for me. And uh, the pet owners, pet, pet parents may find it helpful to play special calming music and use aromatherapy in the car. And some pets may require prescription medication before they leave home. Or the pet parent, in my case, may need prescription medication before they leave the home. I've often said that before. Like, can't you just sedate me as well at the same time since I'm freaking out um, so that's that starts way ahead of time and um, if you know you're definitely your pet's going in for a surgery or say a dental and you you know in advance you're going to be doing that then definitely apply these tips really really important now here we go it also says the initiative to instruct the the pet parent to limit food before an appointment so that treats more more effective and if the pet's appointment is around mealtime, then just give them a smaller amount of food, unless they unless it's medically contraindicated, of course. And, and this is so your pet will respond better to food rewards at the veterinarian hospital and also instruct the owner to bring the pet's favorite treats to the appointment. I don't know about you, but my dogs are definitely particular about treats. So yeah, make sure you have those on hand and um, that'll be part of the positive reward during this experience because we want to try and minimize that so uh, here's the next tip that they gave which is minimize the use of the clinic waiting areas i know sometimes i get in there and there might be two three dogs and um you know how that can go they can either like each other or not like each other or or get quite stressed just in the in an environment with all these other dogs and it can be quite uh, quite difficult for them and they said if your practice has enough exam rooms and the technology to do so consider conducting your check-in for fearful pets in the exam room or a holding room so basically they go straight into the room itself and the pet parent could take the pet directly into an exam room or it says the owner could check in alone and then return to the vehicle to to wait until the pet can be ushered directly into an exam room now i would only recommend that if you had two people i would have two people uh i would of course never leave my pet in the car by itself and certainly not in the crazy weather that we have um but i think if you've got two people and you can have one that goes in and when they're ready then you can summon them and they can bring out the pet straight from the car so that's a that i think that's a really great tip um to bear in mind, and this it is best for the veterinarian and the technician to have already entered the room before the pet arrives. 
Yeah. So they're not going into a room that's scary. And then another um, thing happens, which is people show up in this room. It actually eliminates that. And they say if the waiting room is large, calming and quiet, or dog or cat can stay there for about 10 minutes. Even with a small waiting room, uh, it can be made more pleasant by including visual barriers. I think this is great, uh, such as plants or shelves, so the owners can wait and not have other animals right next to them. Shelves can be pl- uh, used to place cat carriers on rather than on the floor where the cat can inv- be investigated by every dog that passes by. I think that's a fantastic tip, a really fantastic tip. So they can be elevated. You could have some plants in there where it does block them from seeing other pets. I think it's a wonderful tip. Now, they all sound like really small, but I think once you put them all together, you're going to have a really great experience. But there are another, oh, I've got another six of them. Um, now, uh, designate uh, species-specific exam rooms, and when possible, assign specific exam rooms to a single species. And uh, these will be uh, species-specific and places uh, places to examine pets and will incorporate pheromones, calming music, and wall coverings. Pheromones are also a great tool when uh, species-specific rooms are not practical in a small space. Wonderful. And they can be used at the same time. They won't affect the other species. The, te- the temperature in the room, exam room can also be carefully controlled u- using a silent space heater as well. So uh, definitely they're taking away the clinical side of this. And I think that's wonderful. Maybe doctor's offices can do that also. <laughs> um, you can also create a sense of calm in the exam room and veterinarians and technicians should be in the room before the pet enters and avoid direct eye contact with the pets and wait for the pet to initiate interaction and toss lots of tiny treats near the pet so that it doesn't have to come to you to retrieve them. Lower your voice. Don't be hurried. And let dogs sniff the instruments, you know, your stethoscope before you use them. And uh, when examination is uh, of a painful area is necessary, consider topical pain management to reduce sensitivity. And let those cats get used to the room by taking the top off their carrier early in the appointment. Provide a towel for them to hide under and be sure that you have a non-slip surface on the exam table to reduce the pet's fear and anxiety. That is something I've always struggled with, not at my veterinarians, but... Um, it's the, those tables can be really, really slick, and again, that's an, that can lead into a pet not feeling very safe when they don't feel very secure on the table itself. So it'd be great if someone could invent like the thinnest, thinnest of like like, like almost like a um, what do they call that plastic gym cling film? What do you call it here? Saran wrap, yeah, and something like that that pulls out that clings on there, and then they they feel secure. Maybe I've just given someone a great <laughs> idea. <there. laughs> yeah, go on, I'll give it to you, patent it, and make it yours. Uh, but I think that's a really great thing. I use yoga mats um, in the back of my car as an extra way for one to protect my seats, but for my dogs to feel very secure on it. It's a great, it's a great thing. Uh, here's another thing. Choose the best location to examine the pet rather than just hoisting the dog or the cat carry onto the exam table. Explore alternate places to conduct um, your examination. And that can be in the carrier with the top removed on the floor with a yoga mat. There you go. Or a towel um, or on the pet owner's lap. My veterinarian has been on the floor more times than you can imagine. <laughs> I think we've had more examinations on the floor than actually on the table. Uh, again, it makes it easier. It's a one less frightening thing for the pet. And you're also going to figure out the best method of positional compliance. So gone are the days of wrestling pets, wrestling pets to the table, work with the pet to find out a method of control that keeps the pet calm, but still allows you to perform those procedures. So it, it, it doesn't need to be a battle of wills, like this is how we do it. 
uh, I guess it's just a matter of figuring out how you do it best for that particular pet. And mm. once you know which method works best, note that in the patient record, because along with other information you've gathered, such as the pet's preferred place to be examined, favorite treats, tricks, and keywords can make a, a world of difference for everyone. It's very stressful, though. It could be very stressful, all involved. Um, now, the vaccination experience, they said that can be made more comfortable and be sure to always employ your best distraction techniques. Don't we all do that? Uh, make vaccinations less stressful by choosing options that use small gauge needles or that they offer a reduced um, uh, dose and they give recommendations for that. And when possible, choose vaccinations that can be administered via a less stressful route, such as an oral um, application, uh, which requires no needles at all. And when injection is necessary, consider that topical pain management before the injection. I think these are great tips. A uh, couple more left here. So uh, this is sedate early and often. Sedation is not a last resort. Depending on the practice, many pets are so psychologically damaged or fearful that they will require uh, sedation before they leave the home even. And once a pet is at your hospital, if it is fearful and won't take a tasty food reward, even if they are hungry, it's time to regroup. And you can either sedate the pet or wait for the t sedation to take effect or reschedule the appointment for a later time when fear-free techniques and tools can be implemented. And consider the reason um, for your visit and if pain management is required, uh, begin it early. For example, if a dog has a painful ear, it may be better to administer a pain relief medication as it's pre-appointment medication. And when procedures are not an emergency, pets can be sent home and return for happy visits or desensitization exercises to prepare them for the future handling without sedation and even a very fearful pet can be taught to tolerate procedures over time and effort and, and basically doing it on their schedule as well that's important and they say you know cradle every pet's emotions and physical well-being always start by looking after your pet's emotional well-being first only after you're confident the pet is calm and you've administered administered a sedative that a sedative sorry that has taken effect should you continue your exam or procedure and that is first look after your pet's emotions well-being and then it's physical well-being familiarize yourself with and apply the information in these excellent uh, ways i think it's wonderful and so what you do is you actually qualify for this online and um, that is the fear free uh, initiative uh, created by dr marty becker and i think that's uh, i think that can make everybody's life <laughs> so much better and who wants their pets to be scared i mean that's an awful thing isn't it, it makes you feel terrible well, on that note, I think what we should do is probably take a quick break. So we'll see you on the other side and we're going to talk about something really fun and something that I hope explodes all over uh, the world. It's a wonderful thing. You're listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio with me, Sam, your host, the queen of rock and roll dogs. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets, people, pop culture. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Looking for the best advice on pet health, safety, and travel? Connect with the Pet Lady. Dana Humphrey, also known as the Pet Lady, will surely be in a city near you real soon. 
She will be spreading the good news for pets and pet lovers from tips on dog and cat care, pet industry trends, and the best events for you and your four-legged family members. Need a great gift idea or insights on the hottest pet gadgets? Simply follow The Pet Lady on Twitter at Pet Lady World. You can also learn more at The Pet Lady at ThePetLady.net. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. Welcome back, everyone. So just before the break, we were talking about uh, fear-free techniques for you and your pets when you have to pay a visit to the veterinarian's office. And I think they're wonderful techniques. Veterinarian officers can actually get certified in these techniques. And I think it's a great thing to be able to say that you offer that. We're a fear-free technique um, facility. And that would make pet parents just feel that you care even more about them. So uh, that's a great thing. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So here's another wonderful thing. You're going to, oh, you're going to like this. I really like this. This needs, this needs to happen in Vegas. This needs to happen here for me. And that is that America's first dog cafe lets you drink coffee and cuddle adoptable dogs. Oh, I can't think of anything better. We have a, a couple of um, cat cafes in England. And I know a couple have popped up here as well in the U.S. And they're doing very, very well. It's definitely a new kind of business model, but it's kind of like a business slash... uh, The ones in England are a business slash rescue model. And uh, so they're combining two things we all love, which is to drink coffee, socialize, and meet cute animals. And I, uh, I, I can't wait till I get to LA because and we're not far away, Jim and I. We're, we're due a trip back to LA. And so we are going to make a point of going to America's first dog cafe. And um, Pennsylvania-born Sarah Wolfgang, she spent 16 years in South Korea working with shelters and dogs who have difficulty getting adopted. And she did her research with a number of dog and cat cafes, but was dismayed to discover their furry residents rain from puppy mills and do little to help the country's millions of homeless pets. Um, So, uh, Korea. I lived in South Korea. I lived in South Korea. I can't imagine how difficult that was for her to um, work in these shelters because, as you know, they do eat um, cat and dog. And when I lived there, I never saw anyone with um, a cat or a dog as a pet. Never saw anyone. I was there a long time. In fact, I went back twice and I never did see that. Um, So I can only imagine what kind of amazing person this is that actually put this this cafe together um so <clears throat> excuse me so she um she settled in los angeles and she decided she's going to open the first and only dog cafe and they said since december so that would have been almost a year now so she's probably coming up on a uh, an anniversary the dog cafe has held a soft opening in which their their uh, visitors could enter at leisure and chill with a group of adoptable pups and uh, what they do is they get to enjoy a beverage that gives back to dogs in need and this is what uh, wolfgang uh, was telling the telling bark post um bark post is a great website for, for pet news oh it's fantastic um she said it's a spin on the dog and cat cafes in other countries but theirs is unique in that our dogs are all in need of homes 
and only stay with us until they're adopted. Our mission is to pull abandoned dogs who are being overlooked at shelters and place them in a happier environment where visitors can see them in their true light. I think there's a lot to be said for that. Um, people judge on what they see. So if they see a dog that's tied up in one of those horrible clinical exam- examination rooms, they have, I'm saying examination rooms, I don't even, I think they are examination rooms at the shelters. They they look scared, and they are scared. They are scared. They don't know why they're there. They don't know why they've been dumped by their... Um, uh, I, I, I call them pet owners when they dump. They're not pet parents when they dump uh, their pets. And it's. I think for people, the, it, there's a disconnect. You have a hard time figuring out how that... F- pet is going to fit in your home gosh because they look so scared and they look so sad and they look so small because they all tend to cower so putting them in this environment that is normal it's something that you would do yourself you'd go to a coffee shop you probably take your pet with you i think it's it really is great shows them in a true light they get and these pets get to interact with people which they don't get in the shelters and she said uh, one of the of these dogs is junior and he's a distinguished older gentleman who began his adoption journey at the cafe but who is not very patient with the younger whippersnappers <laughs> and junior was originally brought to a shelter as a bonded pair with another dog um Uh, which was a terrier sibling. And when the little dog was pulled by a rescue without him, the white muscle boxer found himself, is a mix, found himself uh, with a much slimmer chance of finding a home. You see, I know people say, oh, there's no such thing as a bonded pair. But you know, if they're used to being together, I'm going to say they probably are. I mean, bonded pair is just a term that people throw around, but I'd rather keep, you know, them together where they're familiar with each other because again that can be traumatic what happened to my little pal my sister my brother so i i think people should try and keep them together but it can it can reduce uh, the chances of the petless left behind depending on how people view that breed for example or it's a big dog or you know so yeah that's kind of sad but she says as per miss wolfgang Junior is extremely friendly and affectionate and he likes to greet us by standing on his hind legs and putting his front paws on us to say hi. And it's just the sweetest greeting. And though he's eight years old, I don't think that's old. People need to stop thinking that that's old. You don't look at your pets as old at all, ever, because you'll start treating them like they're old. Uh, they said, this boy loves a good hike and space to run and he's got a great attitude and the personality of a pup. While some may have suggested she returned junior, Wolfgang says she wouldn't consider that in a million years. So the uh, Dog Cafe aims to revolutionize dog adoption by reinventing the way people connect with rescues. And according to the shop's official press release, it's a complete 180 approach to traditional shelters. No kennels in sight, no issues associated with overcrowding, and the relaxed atmosphere eliminates undesirable behaviors often expressed by stressed shelter dogs. We talk about this a lot. They're, They're not in their normal relaxed state when they're in a shelter so you can expect to see some behaviors but they should not be based on uh, the, you know the adoption should not be based on what you know what these behaviors some of them are just natural and normal and we would probably be exactly the same so we want to make sure that they're seen in their best light as she says and she said on the other paw it's also a great way for dog lovers to kick back with pups even if they're not ready for a dog of their own and i think that's a wonderful thing too if you've never had a pet or you haven't had a pet in a long time, maybe that can gently bring you into the fold of, 
do I really want this or do I just enjoy coming to the cafe and supporting them and, and get, getting to hang out with these, these dogs? So I think it's a very good foray into that. And they say that many four-legged dog cafe residents have found amazing homes thanks to this unique shelter environment. I, I would get rid of the word shelter entirely, in, in all honesty. The cafe environment, that's what I would call it. And they said one dog, and his name was Snorlax. That's an odd name. Uh, but they changed him to Potato. <laughs> Another odd name. <laughs> Quickly found a forever, forever family. Uh, at the shop's re- uh, as the shop's resident pup, <laughs> but these eager canines aren't just handed out with your cup of joe. In fact, the adoption process is anything but lax. And Wolfgang explains that it all begins with a casual meet and greet with the dogs to see if they are best suited to your lifestyle. And potential adopters then have a mini interview and receive an adoption application. This way, they can really decide whether they're ready for the lifetime commitment. And after they submit the application. An adoption coordinator does a mini home check on the same day they drop off the pup. The family uh, gets to do a trial run for a couple of weeks. So you really get to know, uh, to be certain that this is the dog for them, and then finalize the adoption. And Wolfgang says, you know, the whole process takes, you know, from start to finish takes about an, uh, a ma- an hour, a month, a month. So be patient. And we understand to some that this may be a lengthy process, but to us it helps us ensure each dog that we place in a new home is going to their perfect forever home. Um, that's important. Some people get offended about the home check. They think people are coming in to criticize them. What they do is they're coming in to help you and advise you. Yeah, so I used to do a lot of work with the dogs and rescue. And they are known for digging their way out and squeezing through little holes and gates and stuff. So when they would do their home check, they would advise them, you're going to need to secure your yard this way. This is how you can prevent them from getting underneath a fence by actually, you know, by digging under there. This is how you're going to fix that. And it's just to really make sure the home is secure and safe and appropriate. That's all. It's not about judging you and so some people then say well I don't want to adopt a dog and I think wow if you won't go through that step for a dog then you don't need a dog (laughs) anyway to uh, she said to avoid uh, surrenders uh, back to the cafe or a less than perfect home life uh, for these highly deserving dogs the extra effort goes a long long way and the first dog cafe in America will serve as a venue for humans to indulge in their love of dogs while at the same time bettering and saving the lives of many of our nation's canine residents so if you're in the LA area and I will be making my way down there and have an intense craving for caffeine and canines i check out the dog cafe it's um the shop hours are 11 a.m to 7 p.m so everybody gets time to get down there and it's at 240 north virgil avenue and it's a ten dollar um per hour and within that hour you get a complimentary drink or discount on a specialty beverage and a whole lot of puppy love. I think that's a deal. And you'll be supporting their efforts, which are obviously making a difference. And so for more information, you can go over to their website, which is dogcafela.com. Isn't that great? Love to hear a happy story. So when we go down there, we will post pictures so that we can tell you about our experience. So uh, let's take uh, another quick break because the last thing we're going to chit-chat about is why you should never pet a service dog. (laughs) We'll be right back. You're listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio with me, Sam, your host, the queen of rock and roll dogs. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets, people, pop culture. They wake me up every morning. Their tails are always wagging. They're just 
running constantly and chasing, you know, shadows and sticks. Their coats are much better. They're very happy dogs. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I have three dogs, Golden Retrievers, and I make their own food, ground beef, white rice, um, eggs, including the shells, and the Dynavite supplement, and then the Lico Chops. It takes a few minutes every week. Before the Dynavite, they were overweight. They slept all the time. So now they jump all over me when I'm putting it in their bowls. They're crazy about this food. And their vet said that it's so much healthier for them. Go check out rescue dogs. They're just waiting to be loved. Get them started on this Dynavite diet, the health food for animals, and you'll see amazing results. 859 428 1000. 859 428 1000. D I N O V I T E oh. dot com. Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Oh, oh. Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio Talk and iTunes. Let's talk pets. <laughs> Live and on demand only from Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets. People. Pop culture. Welcome back, everyone. So just before the break, we were talking about the uh, Dog Cafe in LA. The website is dogcafela.com. If you do go, post pictures, tag me, show me uh, what your experience was about. And if you've adopted from them, I'd love to hear from you because I think that's a wonderful uh, business model that gives back and helps and does make a difference in the world of uh, dogs and cats who have been, you know, abandoned and... uh, we, that's why we need more of them. We need more of these cafes. We, we, we're bringing them. Really, what they're doing is bringing the shelter animals to you. And um, a lot of people are very turned off by shelters. They don't want to go down there. They're very scary at times. They're very sad. Very, very sad. And um, often you do not feel good when you come out of there, unless you came out with a pet. So uh, this is just a great way to change how we connect with rescue animals. I think it's wonderful. Really, really happy about that. So here's an interesting thing, and and you will have seen this before. And people, they love a service animal because they instantly connect with the importance of having one, and it's a lifeline for the pet parent. Um, But, and there is is that tendency to want to go up and, and, and cuddle and say, thank you, and oh, you're such a good dog. But it's not the best thing to be doing when they're actually working. And that's an important thing because their sole focus is helping their pet parent. And you do not need to be a distraction for them. So this is a very good reason why you should never pet a service dog. And this, I picked up this little bit of news from the uh, dodo. And I love the dodo. I think everybody loves the dodo online. Uh, They post some of the best stories and the best videos of of animals. Um, Flynn, uh, the dog, does a lot to help out his 17-year-old human. Her name is Haley Ashmore. And he can open and close doors, fetch her parents, and most importantly, alert her to oncoming seizures. So this is why she has her service dog. And Haley um, has had Flynn since uh, 2014 when the Australian Shepherd Puppy began his training with her as a medical alert dog. But when Flynn was only seven months old, a stranger accidentally put Haley in harm's way by stopping to pet Flynn. And the incident illustrates exactly why working dogs should never be uh, petted. Petted? Is that even a word? Petted. Pet? 
(laughs) that's an interesting thing, or played with while they are working. And that's the reason why they wear a jacket, so that you know that they are working. Um, Haley was visiting her dad at work when someone began petting Flynn like he was just a regular pup. And uh, she said she immediately told him to stop. And uh, but in just a moment of distraction, Flynn had missed a crucial opportunity to warn Haley about an oncoming seizure. When he did warn her, it was too late. She said she she normally, when she's alerted by by Flynn, she she thinks she's got a good ten minutes to get safe, take some medication, and call somebody for help. Unfortunately, she didn't, and she ended up, she said, getting a nasty rug burn, so basically she fell. And since Flynn was only about seven months at the time of the accident, he was and was still learning to ignore people petting him. That's got to be quite a challenge. That's got to be quite a training technique that you have to use to get a dog to ignore someone trying to pet them. And uh, she said, we understand dogs are super cute, they are really important for our safety and our health. And the dog is part of a team. Uh, Jessica uh, Reese of Canine Companions for Independence, often known as CCI, uh, told the dodo it becomes almost an extension of that person. It absolutely is. Uh, just like someone's wheelchair. And besides the fact that the dog is part of who you are, that touching can distract the dog from what they need to do. Uh, CCI is a nonprofit that trains assistance dogs uh, I'm going to get Jim to look up that website for me. It's the uh, Canine Companions for Independence, CCI. Uh, the nonprofit, they uh, train assistance dogs, uh, including companion dogs and service dogs. And we'll do a show on this because a lot of people don't understand the different categories of service dog, emotional support dog. There are many different categories. And so uh, we definitely need to do a show on that because people don't know how to distinguish those. Um but um, it matches them to people with, with disabilities. And CCI does not train um, medical alert dogs uh, like Flynn. But Reese explained that assistance dogs are trained to go from being, uh, being on to being off in a few seconds. Uh, from hanging out with a chew toy to helping the human in the blink of an eye. So they are hyper aware, even though they could be doing something else, they're hyper aware of their pet parent. And so when strangers stop to play with assistance dogs, they can interfere with their work, with their connection, with their focus. And um, Ree says, you know, they're not a piece of equipment. Uh, you know, they are, they will and can be distracted. And so we need to, we need to take a hands-off approach and a lot of the, the jackets that they wear now will say, uh, do not pet me, I'm working. Um, but there's still always someone that wants to go up and just ignore the fact. But you could be putting someone in absolute danger if the dog misses the cue itself. And this story illustrates just how important these service animals are to us. And um, uh when you've got a disability, you've got um, you've got a disability. You've got um, uh, say so you you do you get panic attacks. Those kind of things. They're so important to us. It's your lifeline. It's an extension of yourself. And so if you see them with a vest on, you know just ignore the dog. I know you want to walk up to them like it's second nature and pet them. You see a vest don't interfere. And uh, dogs like Flynn, they do provide crucial medical assistance. And while they're working, they need to be 100% focused. Uh, Haley sums it up uh, the best way. And she says, 
if you if you wouldn't do it to a wheelchair, please don't do it to our dogs. So basically, if you would grab a wheelchair and move it <laughs> away from the person that needs it, you know, you can have the same result as if you'd actually distracted their dogs as well. So uh, that's a very, very good reason to not pet a service dog. Um, let me tell you a little bit about um, Canine Companions for Independence. The website is cci.org. And they say help is a four-legged word. Founded in 1975, uh, Canine Companions for Independence is a non-profit organization that enhances the lives of people with disabilities by providing highly trained assistance dogs and ongoing support to ensure quality partnerships. They're headquartered in um, Santa Rosa, California. And uh, they are the largest nonprofit provider of assistance dogs and is recognized worldwide for its excellence of its dogs and the quality and longevity of the matches it makes between dogs and people. The result is a life full of increased independence and loving companionship and confidence and confidence. These pets, these these working pets of ours, what they do is they allow you to go places that you probably wouldn't go before. Say, say, I know... I know from experience from a friend of mine and she rescued her dog, first of all, um, and then had her dog trained and her dog allowed her to not suffer these panic attacks, which allowed her to be able to get on planes and go on vacation and to go to events with, with crowds and just really changing someone's life. I've seen it myself firsthand. It is phenomenal what they do um, for people with disabilities. Amazing, 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 amazing. So that's a canine companion. Canine companion, what was the other word? Companions for independence. Um, and they start with a breeding program. It's, uh, uh, there are use advanced technology, technology and it meticul- they meticulously select and pair dogs for, for breeding so that they have the best result when it comes to uh, matching them with the actual pet parent themselves. Well, can you imagine the bond? That is an incredible bond, um, I would say, once you get a service a service dog. And uh, they say some angels have wings and others have tails. And they, they train four types of assistance dogs to master over 40 specialized commands. So you've got service dogs, skill companions, hearing dogs, and facility dogs. And after completing training, the dogs are teamed with a graduate during an intensive two-week training period. So this, this it looks to me like this starts super early. Um, yeah, it says, From the puppies are placed with volunteer puppy raisers across the nation for socialization and obedience training. And between the ages of 15 and 18 months, the puppies return to one of five canine compassion, companions' Uh, regional training centers across the country for six months of training. So you're you're looking at two years. By the time you're going to get a service dog, you're going to be they're going to be about two years old, but super highly trained. This is incredible. Oh, this is even more incredible. All canine companion companions dogs and services are free are provided free of charge. Wow. And so they uh, they are funded by private contributions. And so if you actually want to make a contribution, uh, you can head over to their website, cci.org. Wow. That, that's the cherry on the top, isn't it? That is the cherry on the top. If you need a service dog, you don't have to worry about the cost because these people um, do it for you. But you must apply. And uh, if you love what, what these dogs do for people, then make a donation. That's wonderful. Well, I'll tell you something. The show's gone pretty fast today, I would say. Um, 
If you've, if you've loved the show, which I hope you love the show every single week and there's a takeaway every single week and you enjoy something or learn something, uh, then I'm thrilled and I'd love it if you would actually share the show. And if you're listening on your smart, smartphone, you know there's always that option to share. And we love a share. And you can share it directly to your social media networks and spread the word of Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Um, I want to thank you for listening today. I, I love to be able to have these shows where I don't have a guest and I can just talk in depth about certain topics that I find very interesting that I think you would also find interesting and helpful in your life too regarding pets. So um, remember, this is always how it goes at the end of the show. You can help an animal in need, either rescue, adopt, donate, volunteer, or share their information and rescue your next family member. Replace the word shop with adopt. Get yourself off to the doggy cafe and the kitty cafe if you can. And uh, go meet your next best friend. And my my best friends are asleep, as I predicted. They're asleep in the studio. The minute I move, though, I think they're going to jump up and go crazy. Um, and be kind to all animals. And that is all animals. Don't go to the circus. Don't go to, um, uh, to watch dolphins, whales perform tricks, bears performing tricks. You don't need to do any of that. Uh, we need to be kind to all animals. Uh, thank you so much for, for being with me today. It's a wonderful thing. And take a moment to follow our Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, anywhere else you can find us. Oh, and our YouTube channel. I just put together a bunch of playlists. So there's some really, really, really fun stuff on there. And uh, you can go on. The one playlist is a pet tip of the day which a lot of people love and uh, i've also got just fun fun dog videos and we've got some show reel up there as well so uh, i want to thank you for listening in to vegas rock dog radio where it's all been about those pets people and pop culture i'm your host sam the queen of rock and roll dogs and always kiss your pets good morning and good night and i'll see you next time shut up and sit down been listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets, people, pop culture. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.